For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Believe in 76ers podcast. I'm Justin Grasso. And I'm Kevin McCormick. And this is a podcast dedicated to covering the Philadelphia 76ers on the Believe Podcast Network. Kev, it's September 1st. The Sixers start training camp in, I don't know, three weeks maybe, close to four. But there's a lot going on right now. I mean, last week last week we were dreading uh, talking on the pod because we are like, there's nothing going on. This is such a dead part of the season, the offseason. And... Then yesterday, August 31st happens, and, I mean, nothing new came about, really. But the Ben Simmons saga has really just been confirmed that this thing is soon to come to a close. But right now, there's just so much going on. Ben met with core people of the Sixers in Los Angeles, where he's been at since Game 7, since he dropped Game 7. Daryl Morey, Elton Brand, Doc Rivers, and Josh Harris met with him. He told them that he no longer wants to be a part of the Sixers, and he doesn't plan to come to training camp, as reported earlier. It's crazy. It's insane to think that here we are, September 1st, still talking about this Ben Simmons stuff. It's so This whole situation is so unorthodox and against the grain of the, the quote-unquote player empowerment era of the NBA that we're in. Typically, typically when... NBA All-Stars want to move somewhere. These deals happen pretty fast. I mean, when uh, Russell Westbrook was traded to the Lakers prior to the NBA draft, they said that deal came about in about two weeks. Yet here we are months later, you know, rushing up against training camp and this thing is still going on. And I will say I agree with you in the sense of no new information that has really come about. But I think this is the first time in this whole saga, as I've put it all summer, is that. It feels like the expiration date is finally there now and the clock's actually starting to tick that before training camp, a deal is likely going to get done. Yeah, and you wrote about it, I think it was last week, you said that the Sixers have been right to be patient. Obviously, I agree. We've talked about it plenty of times on here. I said it. If they were to trade Ben Simmons on draft night like everybody wanted, nobody, not the Sixers, not the fans, are going to be happy with the return. I mean, Really, before yesterday, if they were to trade Ben Simmons in late August, same deal. So, I mean, right now it's getting to the point where Daryl Morey can play patient, but at this point, Rich Paul's starting to say, like, Rich Paul's starting to intervene now, getting here and say, well, listen, Ben's not coming to training camp. He's not going to start the season with the Sixers. There's going to be no chance that he takes that court and, I guess, drives his value up a little bit higher because like we said after game seven his values at an all-time low now it's not you know it's not like they're going to trade him for a second round pick here but you know they might not be able to get the all-star caliber player that they want in return for ben simmons without at least giving up more on their end 
things have definitely gotten tricky in the sense of all throughout the offseason, it felt like both sides were kind of working together to come to that agreed outcome to where the Sixers get that the win now assets that they need and Ben Simmons gets that change of scenery. But now it feels like both sides are kind of playing chess against each other now. We see Rich Paul kind of forcing his hand, and, and it feels like now that Rich Paul is trying to do the Rich Paul things that we've seen in the past. And it's something we talked about early on in all this, that Ben Simmons has the most powerful agent in the NBA, and if he wants something done, something is going to get done, and we're starting to see those powers at work now. So it definitely is tricky. I think the margin for error has gotten even smaller, and it, it might have actually hurt what the Sixers can get in a return now because, like I, I just said, the clock's ticking now, and it, it's – tough the playing patient was the smart thing I completely agree with you with that I think if they make a move out of emotion right after game seven that when we look in hindsight now in September nobody might really like that deal like like the Malcolm Brogdon one that was reported I think if in the moment if that trade were to go down a lot of people would have bought into it and thought it was a great move but if you look at it here in September now you you might be regretting it a little bit so although things have definitely gotten ugly I think I still sit on the side of patience being the right move and still being the right move because you know while Ben might want out it doesn't necessarily change anything I think everyone has known at this point that Ben Simmons wants out yeah and what do you think I mean if they take this down to training camp right do you think it would be crazy for the Sixers to hold Ben Simmons into the regular season even though this guy's not coming I or think, do you it think would at be... that point they just pull the cord it's tough. Well, well, first off, I wouldn't be shocked if it happens because it would be the most Sixer thing ever. I mean, we are talking about the Philadelphia 76ers right. here. Yeah, true. But I would say it's a little tricky because the, the thing with the Sixers is they still feel that their their window to contend is now. And I think if you're a team with that kind of aspiration and you have a guy like Joel Embiid who's ready to lead this team to a title, Tobias Harris coming off career year, Doc Rivers kind of having that full year under his belt and really getting to plant the seeds now – in Philadelphia that you don't want something that negative hanging over your head to where night in and night out, the Sixers could be playing, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. And and nobody will really care about it because all anyone will want to talk about is Ben Simmons. So I just think that negativity in the locker room and kind of hanging that over their heads while they're trying to compete with the Milwaukee's, the Brooklyn's and Miami's is not a good situation to be in. You know, it'd be awesome if training camp starts in Camden, whenever it is September I don't know. We, we talk about it every week. I, I think it's 26. I think 26 <laughs> was the September 26. Ben Simmons shows up to Camden and challenges challenges the starting lineup, the Sixers starting lineup. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> in a scrimmage. <laughs> and Ben plays with the bench players and the entire time yells at Daryl Morey, you effing need me. Do you see Ben <laughs> taking the floor with uh, Paul Reed? Charles Bassey, if he's ever signed um, Jaden Springer and Isaiah Joe to run that practice. I mean, they sorry, be, great, they could be great, pretty fast. Grant Riller, Grant Riller and Aaron Henry. He's going yeah. to run with the two ways. It could be, it could be a very fast paced practice. You never know. He'd be defending Joel and Tobias while, while screaming the whole time. <laughs> Shooting threes me. because it's a, it's a gym practice that doesn't matter. So yeah, yeah. that would certainly be something if we get the Jimmy Butler practice. Well, listen, Jimmy Butler did that, and he still eventually got traded. But, I mean, it was kind of one of those things where 
they hyped it up so much that it made it sound like, wow, this guy's really a killer. Like he's going into practice and he's beating the starters with the second guys, you know, that could be something that drives up Ben Simmons value. And then everybody's happy. But let's be real though. In that situation, Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins were still relatively young and Jimmy Butler was still, you know, a two-way superstar in the league. I think if Ben Simmons goes in there and tries to bang with Joel Embiid, that he might not see that same result that Jimmy Butler saw against Cat and Wiggins. This is true, especially if if Embiid gets uh, frustrated about yeah. him coming in with that confidence. But he'd probably I, love it, though, at the same time. I think he would enjoy the competition, but he would also put Simmons in his place relatively quickly. Probably. So as all of this happens, and um, obviously Ben is frustrated now at this point, what what do you think is the reason for, for that, first of all? Because I'm thinking about it, and I'm just like, I'm not exactly sure – what Ben Simmons is frustrated about because he's the one who had a rough second round series. He admitted that he's not being blind to that. After that uh, game seven, he said, I want to come back to Philly. Yeah, this is my home. This is where I belong, blah, blah, blah. And then out of nowhere, it's Ben Simmons wants out and Ben Simmons isn't coming to training camp where like, is Ben Simmons right to be frustrated right now in this situation? I think he, he has some place to be right. When you look at everything as a whole, the Sixers themselves cost them, cost that series against the Hawks. And while many might agree that Ben Simmons deserved the brunt of the blame, it shouldn't all have gone to him. There were multiple players that didn't have good series. We talked about questionable, questionable decisions up and down the team throughout that entire series, and it felt like everything harped on him and his free throw shooting. And then when you look at this offseason – he was actively shopped in trade discussions after, you know, back in December was fully prepared to be traded to Houston for James Harden. So I feel like seeing this revamped organization and from the minute all these new faces came in, you, you know, you got the GM trying to get rid of you. The coach is throwing you under the bus after game seven. Joel Embiid even takes some jabs as well. So I agree he might have brought it on himself in a small magnitude that there is some argument there that Ben Simmons has a right to be frustrated and in his own right demand out. If a team can actively shop you in trade talks all offseason and almost trade you to the season before, I think on the opposite side of that, the player themselves also has the right to say, you know what, I don't think the situation is best for me anymore and I would like to be moved. So basically it sounds like somebody who got everything they wanted since they came into the NBA was told no for the first time in their career. You know what? Um, if that's how you want to put it, that's on you. That's what it sounds uh, like to me. I mean, the listen. only thing I, I will say is I, I forget who put the quote out, but they said that Ben Simmons felt that the team didn't handle him, his development properly, and I don't think he was utilized properly. And that's where I get my gripe because when Ben Simmons first entered the league, he wanted to play point guard, and Brent Brown let him do it, let him run the offense, do everything he wanted. They go and trade for Jimmy Butler. Ben didn't want to defer to Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler walks that, that next offseason and they, you know, send him to Miami for the Josh Richardson sign and trade. And now to hear that, it's kind of like, you know what? That piece of information is a bit of a stretch. They did everything they could to cater to Ben Simmons. They tried to find the combo guards that work. They put the shooters around them. And, you know, he just wasn't able to get it done. So uh, I do have a little bit of a gripe with that comment of him not being utilized the way he envisioned at least. I just want to know what Ben Simmons is thinking when like, this is the guy who won't 
simply shoot a basketball. Like, and like I've, I've said it plenty of times. It's not all about that. It's not all about, you can't just criticize him because he's not shooting threes or whatever, but Mm -hmm. like there is a certain point where you're just like, all right, this guy needs to at least expand his range just a little bit to help his team out. Like you've heard Joel basically begging for it during the 2019, 2020 season saying some guys got to step out of their comfort zone. It's going to help with the team and this and that. And he just does not give an inch to that. Like there's just Ben Simmons will not change his game for anybody. So at, at one point, when does Ben just step up and say, you know what, forget that I need to be better stuff. Cause that's, that's an easy cop out accountability answer to anything. That's a simple PR statement. I need to be better. It's on me, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> ben Simmons needs to come out and acknowledge that. Listen, I, I've fallen apart mentally in these games, which he said that he has, you know, mental blocks that have stopped him, but from free throw shooting, when is Ben going to sit here and actually take accountability for the fact that he's the one that isn't trying to change his game at all. He's not trying to expand his range. And even when he takes the small, you know, the small accountability that he does after a game, he goes and how many assists did I have? Oh yeah. So it's like, he doesn't actually think that he's an issue in any way. He always points to, I had this many assists. Uh, I facilitated this or I'm an all-star. I hate that I'm an all-star because one, it's a popularity contest. So you're one of the most popular players. Okay, that's great. In my opinion, there are a lot of other players that should have been an all-star last year because Ben Simmons was weird in the, his game looked weird in the beginning of the season. Then when he fell out of favor in the all-stars, he starts turning it up. All of a sudden, he's putting up a 42-point game against Utah. Now he's back in the all-star conversation. As soon as the all-star game ends, he reverts back to the player that he was before. So at what point does Ben Simmons acknowledge that he is the issue in this situation? Now, don't get me wrong. The Sixers are the Sixers. They're not completely innocent in any of this. And I said it – I don't know if I said this publicly to you or – you know, off this, but I think they're at fault here for just giving the guy too much too early on. Now I get it. He's a superstar comes in no number one overall pick. And when you kind of, when you put a player in a position like that, treating him like a superstar, you can't really go back. Like they can't say to Ben, like, you know what? All that superstar treatment. You can't have that anymore. You're, you're now down to just like a regular old all-star, you know, but (laughs) Obviously, he needs a change. He needs to go to a different organization to where they can start with not treating him to that, you know, high superstar type of status. You know what I mean? Yeah, and to that, I say good luck to wherever he goes. And (laughs) (laughs) it's just a situation of you can't have your cake and eat it too. Like you talk about the, the not shooting and such. That was a problem the Sixers tried to rectify. They understood that his his impact on the game changed a little bit in the postseason when the game slowed down and had to be played in the half court. And if he could have willingly accepted to be that screen and roll guy and use him in the short roll and let him facilitate in that area while letting a guy like Jimmy Butler dominate the ball, the Sixers would have had a more than formidable big three to run the East for at least the next half decade. But it was the whole you know, he picks and chooses when he wants to run the offense. And then when the postseason comes around and, and he can't go near the ball because he was petrified to go to the free throw line, the Sixers had to completely throw everything out the window because you had this guy who dominated the ball so much and, you know, guys relied on the run the offense because of how good he is as a facilitator. 
Now he doesn't want to go near the ball, and you have to run through Seth Curry. You know, Tyrese Maxey in his rookie season is now having to run the offense in his first season in the NBA. So it's just a very peculiar situation. And while I don't think Ben Simmons is totally at fault, I think he could have held himself a little more accountable in different areas over the years. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, it's just – what what's crazy to me too is the the bad blood between him and Doc Rivers it still doesn't make sense. And Over I do one throw, comment exactly, one comment. and I do want to throw this out there because this this did frustrate me the night of Game Seven, <clears throat> post game when all of that went down. Everyone's saying you know Doc Rivers said he can't be on a championship caliber team. Now no, he can't be the was, po- he can't be the point guard of a championship caliber yeah, team. But that that was getting misquoted a lot in the post game. So what I from how I remember it, uh, Doc was asked, and I can't remember who asked it. Doc was asked, "Can Ben Simmons be a point guard on a championship winning team?" Right, Sim- simple question. Everyone always says he needs to be power forward, whatever. Yep. Doc said, "I don't know." Because he doesn't know. He just lost game seven. How the hell is he supposed to know? Yeah. They didn't, they're not going to the championship. So, yeah, right now he doesn't know. But after that quote, uh, I went to the Ben Simmons press conference because you know how they had it on two different Zooms. Yep. And when someone asked him about that quote, they used the words incorrectly. They said, Doc said that, you he doesn't know if you can be a player on a championship winning team and that's what ben hears so the chances of ben simmons going back and re-watching his uh game seven post-game press conferences is yeah. slim like it's very slim why would he re-watch that so what he heard was doc Rivers said he can't be a player on a championship winning team that's the only way that i think that that's where the bad blood started. But even if that, I feel like if that were the case, then Doc could have been able to to air that grievance. I feel like if that was the gripe, that someone could have went back and found that and found those quotes that said that the original quoting of point guard and not player. Yeah, but it's one of those things where you get angry about something and it's yeah. just like you don't even think to let's go rewatch that clip. Because imagine that Ben Simmons walking in, Camden the next day and being like, pull up those clips right now. Me and yeah. you are going to watch them. Let's see what you said. Like, no one's thinking that. He's just going to take what he hears and then be pissed off about it because, yeah, I mean, uh, I would think somebody in the media would have the quote right if they're going to ask a quote like that because that was huge. That blew up yeah. that night. On, and it they're did. still talking about it. Mm-hmm. So that was irresponsible, obviously. But I mean, that's my only theory as to why Ben Simmons would be mad at Doc right now. Because like we say all the time, Doc Rivers defended that guy like no other. Like to the point where it was disappointing that he's, you know, no one wants to hear him throw Ben Simmons under the bus. But at least like, damn, like criticize him a little bit because like he's not above it, but like he wouldn't. So that's the only reason why I'm just confused as to where that bad blood comes from. Yeah, it feels like of all the relationships between Ben Simmons and the Sixers to go sour, that the link between him and Doc Rivers was probably the least likely one. But yeah, it was almost one of the first ones that we heard of being, you know, unrepairable from the beginning. And now we're back to the the Sixers had to choose between Simmons and Embiid debate that, you know, had to be <laughs> that went on for years, was laid the rest for a little bit and, and is now back now. So I agree the the thing with Doc Rivers is very bizarre to say the least because i mean listen 
nobody defended Ben Simmons ever to the caliber no. of Doc Rivers. At the beginning of the playoffs, Doc Rivers called Ben Simmons a treasure. And now you're going to tell me months later that those two, that Ben wants nothing to do with him anymore. It, the, that's one of the, the sketchier things that have come out this offseason that, you know, it's kind of like you kind of squint your eyes and you're like, ah, I don't know too much about that one. Yeah, but it's it's been reported a lot, though. Yeah. A lot of different people and a lot of different, like, angles on it. So I think there's something there. Like I said, if you think back to Brett Brown, he did – he said, again, it was one of those things he defended him nonstop. He did one thing that Ben didn't like, and then all of a sudden, Brett Brown loses Ben Simmons. Now he no longer has, like, his attention. So I don't know, maybe Ben is the type of player that you criticize him one time and then all of a sudden he wants nothing to do with you. I don't know. That's there's there's now two coaches that he reportedly has bad blood with after they make one questionable comment to the media. So I don't know. Yeah. Like I said, good luck to, to whatever coach gets him next. Yeah, it's it's definitely tough. But you bring up Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid has been down the shore. All summer long. Playing tennis with Daryl. Playing tennis with Daryl. Hanging with his son. I'm assuming having, hanging with his girlfriend. Watching soccer. This guy is not the same Joel Embiid that everybody knew when he first came into the league. He's not Troel Embiid, like how he uh, <laughs> proclaims himself to be. But every now and then, he uh, he gets on the internet and he trolls or he vents. And we were blessed with that today on September 1st where Joel Embiid must have been bored, was on Twitter early this morning and stumbled across a report from USA Today. And I didn't read the article. Did you read the article? I did not. Okay. So from what I saw based on the, I forget the Twitter account that reported it, but one of those aggregation things, you know, that quote tweet, man, these spam calls are unbelievable. This this uh, today, <laughs> but anyway, so somebody reports that Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, you know, the team had to choose between them again, this off season, you know, I don't know how many times we're going to do this. I get it. Joel has called Ben out plenty of times in the media. I don't think it's to the point where Joel saying either trade this guy or trade me, especially when he just signed an extension. like like what two weeks ago so he just signed an extension two weeks ago so he comes on twitter and he fires off like three tweets something like that um calls bs on the report basically says you know people make up stuff for followers and this and that and then then he goes and calls out sixers fans in an interesting tweet so you saw what he said. You obviously wrote a little bit about it. I wrote a little bit about it. What do you think about Joel's tweets this morning? Interesting. It, it's weird to see him finally chime in after, you know, a pretty quiet, a pretty relatively quiet summer from Embiid than what we're used to. And it was also interesting to see him still defend Ben in his first initial tweet. You know, he said, I still think Ben is an amazing player and I want everyone back because I still feel we can win. So I think it it's the millionth piece of evidence that lays to rest that those two, quote unquote, don't get along or don't want to be together. And if the team ever made them choose, they did a weird way of doing it because now they've signed a total of three max extensions between the two of them. 
post, you know, Ben signs his after his rookie deal. Embiid was already on one, and then Embiid signs the Supermax again. We're talking 15 years worth of contractual obligation. If these guys didn't want to be together, they wouldn't keep signing these deals or a trade would have happened years ago. So I agree. I don't think they were ever put in a position where they had to choose one or the other, even though for years people said they didn't get along. I still think now that Joel Embiid wanted to be great and he wanted to be great with Ben Simmons. It just, it looks like now it's not in the cards. Yeah. I mean, I say it all the time. Like, you don't have to – I get Dwight Howard came in and said that they need to be like LeBron and Ant Davis and being the brothers and spend every waking moment together. Don't need to do that. Like, yeah. What Kobe coworkers do that? Yeah. Look at Kobe. Kobe and Shaq. These dudes wanted to kill each other, but when it came to the game, they won championships. It didn't matter. Like say, did, They literally they did not like ones? each other. Yeah, I mean, I've read a whole book on it. That and then Shaq. These are direct quotes from Shaq. Like, yeah, we yeah. said we hated each other. We were at each other's throats. We just they didn't get along. They called each other out in the media all the time. So, like, that's a perfect example of like you don't need to be best friends. You don't like. I get it. Some people become very close with their coworkers. It happens. Yeah. But like, me and you are colleagues. How many times have we hung out outside of work? Uh, none <laughs> zero exactly are you, are you saying you hate me <laughs> yeah exactly that's like that's my point is like am i gonna be traded this to, season <laughs> you don't need to be best friends with the people you work with i don't understand that theory it just makes zero sense yeah it it's so bizarre and like you said there's plenty and it's not like they hate it like they're not the Shaq and kobe levels of hatred and they're not like the i guess you know the lebron anthony davis the the michael scotty type of you know, like togetherness, but they get it done together on the court. There's no signs of dysfunction between the two of them. And the numbers speak for themselves. Since they've been paired up as a duo, the Sixers are a 50 win team. They're perennially, you know, either near or at the top of the Eastern conference. Yeah. The postseason runs fall short, but they're still winning playoff series together. They had like a a 60% winning percentage together. Like there's no signs that point towards, there being any, you know, dysfunction or them not being on the same page. They may not be the best of friends, partly because I don't think their personalities mesh at all together. But just because their personalities don't don't mesh doesn't mean that they hate each other and want nothing to do with each other. Now, with that being said, they need to be separated. (laughs) 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 Because the situation is, it's like, it's over. Like Ben Simmons and the Sixers is over. It's to the point of things are beyond repair now. I don't think they're – I know that the last episode we were talking about things at least being serviceable to start the season until a deal gets done, but I, I don't see that in the cards now. I truly believe that uh, the clock is ticking and tra- training camp, not the start of the season, training camp might be the expiration date. Yeah, and it's unfortunate too because like – we said, you know, they could start the season. He could maybe drive up his value a little bit, uh, fix his image. Because obviously, regular season Ben Simmons yeah. is a pretty good player. Or, but, you know, hope Damian Lillard comes to his senses. Yeah, exactly. So, like, it was smart to play the patient game all along. But here they are. And I, I knew this was going to happen. Like, as soon as it got to the point where it was like, it was no longer Ben and the Sixers aren't trying to break up right now like it was just kind of like we're trying to you know work things out we'll talk about it we'll revisit this i knew the moment that ben decided i don't want to be here anymore it's it's going to put a lot of pressure on the sixers because again rich paul 
people hate Rich Paul, but guess what? They hate him because he can do these types of things where he's going to force that trade. And I don't know. I think now it's at the point where Daryl Morey might not win this trade, whatever it is, whatever it may be, wherever he sends Ben to. I don't, I think Daryl Morey now for waiting, he's smart, but he's in a lose-lose situation. Yeah, it's tough now, especially because with this latest stuff, it kills the Sixers leverage. In the beginning, when I was talking about it, it felt like both sides were were playing together. That helped the Sixers leverage. And with the the growing, t- you know, two weeks ago, there was growing talk of, you know, chatter around the league that people were expecting Ben Simmons to start the season in Philadelphia and the Sixers weren't in any rush to trade him. And now with this news, you know, teams aren't going to, you know, empty their treasure chest for a guy like Ben Simmons now that they know how bad he wants out of Philadelphia. Like, there's no way Sacramento puts a De'Aaron Fox on the table now knowing how bad Simmons wants out. So I agree. Daryl Morey's hands are tied here of you really don't want this ugly situation dragging into the start of the regular season, but you also don't want to sell for pennies on the dollar because you still are trying to win a championship now. For sure. Gut reaction before we jump off this. Where does Ben Simmons end up? Uh, I've said it all offseason, and I'm going to stick with Minnesota. It still feels like they are the front runner, at least in my eyes. Minnesota. Okay. Uh, man, that's so tough. So you think that's got to that's be a three-way, like a three-team deal, right? Maybe, unless, unless they're, they're stuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, unless they're stuck with the, the D'Lo, Malik Beasley, uh, J.D. McDaniels, and Picks package. Man, it yeah. is tough. It is rough out here. <laughs> I tell, like I said, man, Daryl Morey played it, played it smart. He played it patient, but it is a lose-lose situation right now. I'm going with I, – I find it so hard to believe that Ben Simmons is, is going yeah. to the East. It can has I, to be a Western team. Can I give Portland as a dark horse as well, but they do the trade for CJ, not for Dame? Uh, I mean, I, to be honest, I kind of lean towards that. Cause I think at this point you just have to like, take what you can get. It's, mm-hmm. it's almost like who's the best player you can get. I'd say CJ McCombs probably the most prominent available. Cause I mean, even you, you bring up Minnesota and we say maybe D'Angelo Russell, but remember Minnesota doesn't want to part ways with D'Angelo yeah. Russell. They don't want to part ways with Aunt Edwards. So it's like, you got that Sacramento doesn't want to get rid of De'Aaron Fox or Tyrese Halliburton, apparently. And then Golden State wants Ben Simmons. They're not giving up Draymond, Steph, or Clay. And then what's Dear it, God, San Antonio? Who does San if Antonio this, have? If this ends with Andrew Wiggins coming to Philadelphia, uh, the city might burn. I think that's like the Tank nightmare fuel. That's the nightmare fuel scenario of this whole Simmons saga ending is him going to Golden State for Andrew Wiggins. It's Joel Embiid's boy. So was Jimmy Butler. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Jimmy so was, Butler comes So back. was JJ Redick. <laughs> oh yeah. So I I really I don't I don't know. I'm just gonna say Portland. I'll say Portland, they're not getting Dame. We'll we'll go with that. Right. Even though it's like, what is Portland gonna do with Dame Lillard and Ben Simmons anyway? Who's gonna I mean, handle the ball? Uh, good question. <laughs> <laughs> that that's for Portland to find out. Yeah, yeah. Listen, that that's not our concern anymore. And you know what? And that's something to again before we get off. That's something too that everyone thinks is okay. Just make this guy a power forward, and it solves all the problems. Yeah, and he's just going to be like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like 
listen, first of all, the guy wants to be a point guard. He's made it so clear. So good luck trying to tell him, hey, you're a, you're a power forward. No, second he says all, he doesn't have a position that he's just a basketball player. True, yeah. But second of all, he pretty much played that position in the playoffs. He just kind of stood off in the corner. And then it's like, like that with a guy report, like Dame, you can do that. Yeah, I guess, but when you spin off somebody and you have a wide open dunk and you don't throw it down, then what's the point he of you playing power Dame's forward? He might be Dame's perfect teammate in the postseason in the sense of, you know, Dame just needs that lockdown defender who can guard the opposing team's best player, and then he can pretty much outscore any opposing team in the league in crunch time. So, yeah. listen, who knows? Maybe Portland sees Ben as, you know, a prize possession to pair along with Dame not to give up Dame for. Well, the funniest thing about all of this is that there's Portland nothing funny is... about this. No, there's nothing <laughs> funny about this. Uh, Portland is apparently trying to build a contender around Dame Lillard. Uh, they actually made a pretty good trade the other day. Yeah, but... I'm not gonna lie, I got kind of mad about that. <laughs> <laughs> aside from that, aside from you know all of that going on, Portland is not a team that has even reached out to ask for Ben Simmons. There are teams that have done their due diligence. Portland's not even in the conversation. It wasn't there reports early on that Portland wasn't really that interested in him and They're that you know, they'd get involved in a multi-team deal, but they didn't really feel that compelled to bring Simmons on? Correct. So when, when, we, talk, when we talk here about, uh, you know, yeah, Simmons could potentially fit with Dame Lillard or whatever, I don't think Portland's interested in – Ben Simmons, because Portland wants to keep Dame Lillard. Portland understands good luck trying to get this guy playing any other position and not handling the ball. Like some, some of these teams understand what the deal is here. Like, and that was a, that was a a thing with golden state. Golden state was in and out of the talks because golden state saying, we don't know what to do with this guy. We have Steph Curry. What are we going well, to tell Steph Curry? Hey, you play a different position because Ben Simmons Well, it was more they didn't feel that him and Draymond could go coexist because I think Ben Simmons and Steph Curry could coexist. If people remember, when Steph Curry entered the league, he was you know a traditional shooting guard. He's a guy that you can move off the ball and he can run around. I think Steph and Ben could actually coexist rather easily. I, I still think that Golden State is his dream scenario. I think they, they highlight his skill set the best and in a playoff setting, they could hide him the best, but the thing is, him and Draymond are almost exact copies of each other. If you bring him on, you know, what does one do while the other's doing what they what they're both, you know, on the floor to do, you know? Or they turn Ben Simmons into a six man. Oh no. <laughs> Could you imagine? That would be I mean, he'd be an excellent I mean, six man. No team is paying thirty-four million dollars for their six man though. <laughs> are are we sure about that? I feel like somebody is in the NBA. <laughs> I feel like there's got to be a situation where somebody got grossly overpaid and now they're a six man. Kevin Love, he's like a $30 million club man. He should be, yeah. But maybe Cleveland will take Ben Simmons because they're just stockpiling players over six foot eight. It's true. Who knows? Oh, you know what? I didn't even think about that. Maybe, maybe the Sixers settle for Colin Sexton. I hope they don't. <laughs> There's a lot of things you hope, but it doesn't matter. I think I would situation. take CJ McCollum and D'Angelo Russell before I took Colin Sexton. Hmm. No disrespect to Sexton, but he he he's unproven, and that's just it's a gamble. Not to mention he's extension eligible, so you might have to pay this Ooh, guy yeah. before he even takes the floor for you. So you have to think from the, the business aspect of it as well. Well, you get Colin Sexton, Kevin Love, and a bunch of picks, and then you just that's it. 
cool. We saw how the whole put another big man next to Embiid and Harris went the first time. Let's do it again. Kevin Love off the bench. Why? <laughs> For fun, man. <laughs> cool. The If you would have told somebody like five years ago that Andre Drummond and Kevin Love were going to be a front court pairing of a team's second unit, they'd have thought you were insane. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how long that Andre Drummond experiment is going to last, but that's a conversation for another time. Because yeah, we saw, we Drummond. saw, huh? Don't I'm hyped for the Drummond signing. Don't sleep on for him. sure. Uh, what's that supposed to mean? <laughs> you just, you just would be. <laughs> so that's all we got for today. I mean, I, I don't know what's going to happen next week. Maybe we have a trade to talk about. I don't know who it's going to be for. I don't know where Ben Simmons is going to go, but this is something that we're closely monitoring. So follow Kev on Twitter. Kev dropped the uh, Twitter handle there. It's Kevin MCC NBA. And mine's at jgrasso underscore. And we'll be back talking next week. Thanks for tuning in. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.